Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the 5 Rounds Podcast. The only podcast out there with the cardio for those deep water championship rounds. I am Mags and joining me once again, getting a bit of a habit of this, uh, wants to go and get a job, the lazy bastard. Uh, my son Carlos. Carlos, how are you? Uh, I'm not too bad, I've not long coming from work. Yeah, uh, for, for context, Carlos literally uh, basically bolted home from work. Caught up on the, I think you caught the main event and then just caught the. Uh, I caught, I, I came in just for just before the Ben Rothwell fight kicked yeah. off. Well, that wasn't long, so no. yeah, I much to catch up on there. Uh, but we have uh, essentially just finished watching uh, UFC Vegas 42, headlined by Max Holloway and Yaya Rodriguez, and kind of like always with these these little kind of throwaway cards. It was an absolute banger all oh, the well, way. Well, I mean, even through the prelims, I mean, you won't you have caught the prelims yet, no. but um, there was only one decision on the prelims and then only one decision on the main card. It was just full of finishes. Well, that's it. And look at Dana and that lot, especially after a card like this, they'd be kicking themselves that like they didn't do it in our arena. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But uh, they're, they're back in uh, 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 the, the apex in Vegas, so um, let's uh, let's go through these uh, prelims then. So, we started with uh, Jung De Young uh, picking up the first round knockout of Kennedy Zinchekwu. Uh, then Ralph uh, Rafael Alves got the first round sub uh, from uh, Mark Diakese. Um Courtney Casey got the decision over Liana Jojua. And then uh, the first round KO in the featherweights went to Sean Woodson against Colin Anglin. Then uh, we had uh, Cynthia Calvillo. Losing uh, in a second round KO to Andrea Lee. 
and then the, the feature prelim, uh, Joel Alvarez, one of the biggest uh, underdogs on the card, uh, with the first round knockout of Thiago Moises. That was an absolute banger of a fight. Um, but going on to the, the main card now, and we started the night with Song Yedong taking on Julio Arche. And wow, what a way to kick off the card. Absolutely banger. No, no pun intended. <laughs> no, it, it was such a good fight. Um, Song has, has really kind of blossomed over the last few uh, fights. I think uh, said going into this, he was like five and one, um, unbeaten in his, in his last five fights. And yeah, you can tell this guy's got so much power for such a small, I mean, he even looks small for a bantamweight. Uh, but the power that guy has got, um, and um, Arshay, who's had a little bit of time off, and, and you could tell there was a little bit of ring rust there, a little bit of uh, tentative, but whenever you don't let those big punches go, Jesus Christ, they, you could see they were hurting, and, and the just explosion as well from him is so fast, it's unbelievable. Um, but he mixes it up with... Uh, with um, the kicks as well, and one thing that he's, he has really kind of like uh, picked up on is he's not over committing himself, and he showed that in this in this first round where um, he had Arce uh, kind of on the ropes a little bit, uh, but instead of like uh, committing and, and maybe making a mess of it, he, uh, he he decided to hang back a little bit, uh, was able to to really work on that body. Um, Arshay picked up the pace a little bit more uh, the, going into the end of the first round, but yeah, that was a, a, a great round for Yudong. Come out into the second round, lands, uh, Yudong lands the kick, some kicks to the leg, kicks to the body, uh, stuns Arshay with a, with a right hand, um, but um, he tried to like, kind of uh, smile it off, but uh, Song realised that, that he was hurt, landed another right hand, knocked him to the floor, just Bland, uh, blasted him with, with strikes. It almost looked like uh, Song knocked him out, then walking back up with the follow-ups. Um, Arshay was uh, was arguing with Herb Dean that, that it, it wasn't a finish, uh, that he was all right, but yeah, that guy was out on his seat, and Song picks up a massive, massive victory. Yeah, definitely, especially in the... As soon as when I was... Because obviously it's all fresh to me. I've not I've literally just watched it before coming in to record. Uh, the only fight I watched live was the main event. So in this fight, Song were able to use that feint a lot in the first round, uh, especially mixed in with the with the one or two kicks that he was throwing in with the feint, and he was using that a lot to keep Julio up against the cage, and that was perfect for him. And like, as you were saying, uh, Julius is is not long, uh, just come back to the UFC after a bit of a layoff. So yeah, he's he was definitely a bit. To, I'd say tentative to wanting to go in because like any other fight you just don't want to shoot in against someone like Song Yudong and, uh, and when I mean that is I, I like to call people like him people who've got like that little tank power they're not they're not, they're not massive they're not tall but they're built compact and it's, they're just they're little powerhouses like a little tank would they go through anything and that like Henry Sudo in a way he was built like that little tank power that's why he, he were able to have so much success with the wrestling a lot of wrestlers like that have that little tank power, which is, uh, I think, uh, in my own sense, a little quality way of putting it. But yeah, Song Yudong, after picking up the pace and then uh, finding where the openings were, he knew them kicks w was landing. So when it got into the second round, when he when he beautifully landed that roundhouse kick, 
to Julio before basically following up with the strikes and like when I said put no pun intended to kick off the show when he kicked his head off he were uh, that that fight were over and yeah as you were saying there were no no point in arguing that you were you were definitely out and Song Yidong with a, a a brilliant performance and like you were saying he's not the he's not the biggest in that bantamweight division but. The way he somewhat farts and how he can see angles, I think he could be a problem uh, in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so next, let's go into the welterweight division. Um, Miguel Beza taking on uh, Chaos Williams. Chaos Williams is uh, one of those kind of like breakout 2020 stars uh, along the, uh, the same lines as Kevin Holland and Hamza uh, Chimiev, where they just fought pretty much every week um, and. This this Chaos Williams is a scary looking block. Um, the the fight started with him essentially stalking uh, Bieza. Bieza uh, kind of using that lateral movement really well to, to avoid um, kind of uh, battling with uh, with Chaos Williams. But Chaos is is he, he just took himself down really tight. Like you can see, he's always ready to try and. Uh, uh, unload that massive power shot. Uh, Bieza for the first two minutes or so was uh, was literally just sidestepping uh, around the edge of the octagon, uh, and uh, Chaos was 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 taking his time, um, trying for some uh, a few leg kicks just to just to tease uh, Bieza in, into into fighting. Um, goes for for a few kind of long range shots, uh, not getting much uh, success out of Bieza. Um, but then when Bieza um, tries to, to go for a takedown, uh, he gets pushed away by Williams and it, it, it's looking like this is going to be kind of like a, a fight that they, they, they counteract each other so much that it ends up being boring. Uh, and I, I was halfway through the first round thinking, come on, someone needs to start doing something now. Uh, yeah, and then Chaos Williams did starts landing some big, big shots. We end up getting a little bit of a um, kind of a throwing of hands. Uh, Bieza lands some shots, and I think one big part, uh, issue with uh, Chaos Williams' uh, game plan is that he always leaves himself open for attack. Uh, there's no defence in the guy. He he will eat shots all day just to the hope of landing that big shot of his own. Um, he eventually uh, ends up going down to the ground and this is where we've got some really interesting stuff on the floor uh, with uh, Bieza uh, looking for a knee bar, almost kind of like a great van. And But Williams was, was able to wrestle uh, Bieza's uh, hands apart and just land some heavy shots from sat down. And those theirs would not a normal human being out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a, a really interesting fight. Took a, a round, it took a, a few minutes to get going, but once... Once both fighters settled in, we started seeing some really good action. Uh, going into the second, it was a, a lot more uh, in terms of uh, output from both guys. Uh, Bieza was attempting to, to keep Williams at bay with the kicks. Williams was obviously looking for those big, big shots. Landed a, a few jabs, uh, looking for uh, some low kicks of his own. Starting to really kind of mix it up. Uh, we get a little bit of a break where we get uh, um, a, a kick to the groin. Then it happens again later on in, in the round. Um, so I think uh, Williams can kind of count himself lucky that, that he didn't get a doctor point for that, uh, but some good refereeing by, I think it was uh, Chris Tonione, 
Um, like basically saying, look, you need to keep uh, control of your weapons. You're you're in charge of them. Uh, we know it's an accident, but how, I can't keep letting it slip. Um, so then going in, in into the third, uh, Bieza started uh, to continue with that leg work, landing some um, some uh, decent uh, kicks to the calf. Uh, but then he he uh, gets caught with a um, a spinning a spinning uh, heel kick, uh, but it kind of only glances him, so uh, he's able to keep uh, chopping the, with the legs. Um, and it was almost like off one of those leg chops where um, Williams uh, lands some big big punches, uh, almost like he was falling over, and it was just like desperation shots. But one lands and it drops Bieza to to the floor. Uh, Williams uh, lands on ground and pound, and Bieza is out. Uh, Williams picking up uh, the the victory in the third round with by a knockout. It, it was absolutely a, I won't say a brilliant fight, but certainly it, entertaining. Yeah, we're entertaining. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. Since uh, Kels Williams has basically broke out onto the scene, I haven't been following him because I have like I've been. I know the guy's got his own clothing brand, so how much I've been somewhat following him as a fighter. He's exciting to watch. He reminds me of a mixture of Mark Tyson and Kimbo Slice, where he walks around and gives off the persona of a Mark Tyson, but farts like Kimbo Slice. He reminds me of Rampage Jackson. Well, yeah, that sort of street guy who, who who's not the best mixed martial artist, but they know how to fight. Mm -hmm. They know how to fucking take a punch and they know how to throw a punch. And and Chaos Williams is is that fighter, and that's why. To be honest with you, I think that's why he's been such a breakout star. Like you were saying, not only has he been one of these fighters who will who's who said to Dana and Hunter, listen, if the fight comes available, I'll take it. Mm -hmm. Like I'm from I'm from the streets. Like I'll I'll take a fight for for money. Yeah, of course I will. Uh, but you can tell he's also sensible. With the obviously the way after after the fight when they were speaking to him saying that he'll he'll love to get back in there and and take another fight with some serious coaching and honing in his skills, I I reckon he could be a, again another one who could be a problem um, in the welterweight division. Obviously, he's not. I'd be, be stupid to say like yeah he's going to go up against Chimiev or Usman and, and give him a really tough time because uh, what. He's not, let's be honest, but he's he's definitely an entertaining fighter. In the first round, when when he was stalking uh, Miguel, and Miguel weren't really doing nothing, and then he got the takedown and was trying to go for well the ankle lock and then the knee bar, then back to the ankle lock, and and Williams were defending that well. He knew that if he if he kept his leg bent and basically kept in a ball and, and trying to like bring Miguel to him rather than letting Miguel straighten his leg out. He, he knew he was safe, even though, uh, and, and then again, at the end of the fight, when Bisping asked him about it, um, and basically said to him, like, what sort of danger were you in? Uh, uh, Williams even said it himself, where he, like, it, it did look, I can see where it had looked bad on camera, but it, it wasn't bad, and from being in, in that sort of position, myself and experience it, yeah, sometimes it looks worse than it actually is, and he was doing all the correct things where he wasn't in any real danger and I, whilst I was watching that fight I was seeing people on like MMA groups saying about oh like how did Chaos win that fight it was how could someone be in a submission uh, attempt and lose a fight and I think that I'm going to throw my opinion in and my opinion on that is that I think the judges were looking at more of the factors of what there was 
of, of what they were doing in the time and not only that, the possible outcomes because if Miguel let that go, not only was Chaos Williams defending it perfectly, if Miguel let that go, Chaos Williams would have 9 out of 10 times ended up in the stronger position. He would have ended up on top of it, either in, in side control or half guard. So either way, it would look in, in his favour. And with Miguel trying that for almost a, a minute and a half and getting absolutely nowhere, that in the, in the judge's eyes is saying, well, this is desperation, this. I've got nothing else, so I'm just going to try for this. And if it don't work, then, well, I'm just going to keep trying. So in, in, in their eyes, that, that there is, is you giving in with yourself because you can't do anything else uh, to stand up to this guy. And, that obviously turns around to be coming into the second round that he can because obviously with the, the the leg kicks that he was throwing he was getting success from them I just don't think he could stand with the power of Chaos Williams and when they were getting into that little scuffle of of getting into a brawl Miguel didn't want any of that so he was timing the leg kicks perfectly mm -hmm. just unfortunately how Douglas Lima knocked out MVP with a leg kick and, and, and the basically the punch the follow punch afterwards Chaos Williams were able to actually not only take the leg kick, in a way, very off balance to throw a strike and then plant his feet to get that hook off. And and the funny part, I won't say the funny part is because Miguel's got knocked out, so I feel sorry for him. It's the aftermath of as soon as he got knocked out, obviously you lose a couple of seconds of memory there, you don't quite know what's going on. <laughs> and he started arguing straight away, we were looking about and he, 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 like he walked back to Chaos like, he was like, what, what are you doing, we're fine. And Chaos were like, yeah, no we're not. <laughs> <laughs> and the judges were like, the, the referees and even ref, uh, and the, uh, the doctors were like, no, just sit down, we'll explain to you. He was going to knock the fuck out. It's <laughs> so, like, you're not fighting, but yeah, that were a, a entertaining fight, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So next in the, the middle of the card, we had uh, Felicia Spencer taking on Leah Letson. Um, Felicia, if you remember, um, last year uh, lost bad decision to Amanda Nunes and then uh, followed it up with uh, another decision loss to Norma Dumont earlier on this year. So she definitely needed to get back in the in the win column. Um, really kind of uh, kind of suffering from that uh, that challenger mentality where you lose once uh, to the champion and then you start tumbling down. Uh, coming up against Leah Letson, who uh, won in her debut for for the UFC, so it's not exactly um, a gimme fight for for Spencer, but you wouldn't have thought that with the performance that she put on. Um, just absolutely outstanding control by uh, Felicia Spencer, and I've got to give it to to Leah. The girl has got a lot of heart, uh, but she was beaten in every facet of mixed martial arts in, in, in this uh, in this fight. She was controlled on the ground, she was controlled up against the cage. Uh, Felicia had some really unique attacks. Uh, some um, the when she had uh, um, Leah tangled up against the cage she was hitting her with a shoulder, hitting her with swinging elbows, uh, hitting her with, with punches coming over the top and then then back down. Just really kind of a just forced consistent uh, attack from uh, from Felicia Spencer um, very much just destroyed the face of, of, of Leah Letson um, when when Leah was able to get away from the case she did get some little uh, semblances of success um, but 
whenever Spencer wanted to go for the takedown or whenever Spencer wanted to clinch up against the cage, Leah just wasn't strong enough to, to fight her off. The, 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 the way that uh, Spencer always targeted the lead leg uh, and got it, all, uh, got it all wrapped up with a, with a, a triangle, a, a, a leg triangle to, to make sure that Leah couldn't escape, um, basically taking her down pretty much at will. Um, there were points in the, especially in the second round, where where Leah um, she kind of counteracted really well, but it was only very very shortly. And as soon as uh, Spencer was in any kind of a, a hint of danger, she was able to get back back to her feet, got the fight back to the to the cage, and got it back down to the ground again. And she just was absolutely dominant. Um, at, at coming at the end of the first round and at the end of the second round. I was thinking, when is this finish going to come? Are we, is this going to be one of those fights where you are waiting for the finish, waiting for the finish, and then it doesn't come? Uh, and it got close to that, but eventually um, um, Felicia Spencer was able to uh, get the slam onto uh, Leah Letson. Um, Leah was trying to keep her, keep her guard tight, but uh, Spencer was just pounding away with elbows and punches, and eventually Mark Smith did the decent thing and, and called it off, but... Props to Leah, uh, an outstanding performance in, in terms of heart and, and defence, but this Felicia Spencer is the same Felicia Spencer now who made her way to a title match against uh, Amanda Nunes. Is she quite back ready for that fight? I don't think so, but with this featherweight division, it is very, very threadbare, so another victory like this, and we might see Felicia versus Nunes too. See, that is a possibility. Even though this was... A good fight, and like I explained to yourself and a couple of other people of why people said, oh, your opinion's wrong. It, well, the way I was looking at it is, if you're a new fan or if you watched a couple of fights, this was, ex uh, this was exciting. But for me, watching Felicia Spencer fight so many times, you know a game plan coming in. And if she was to go up against Amanda Nunes again, I don't... I, <laughs> In fact, I'll, I'll bet anyone, I know, I know for a fact it doesn't go to a decision this time because Amanda Nunes probably just knocks her out. And that's the, that's the most boringest part about this women division now, especially Nunes, because I absolutely... I, I, I love the way Nunes fights. It's just the fact is that no one else can match up to her and everybody else, every other big name who's had some skill set behind them has just been absolutely drenched out by how good Amanda Nunes is. And the thing that somewhat pisses me off about it is there is a lot of promotions out there with a ton of talent with females that don't get exposure. So there's only these two or three big names at the top of, of the of the women division in mixed martial oh. arts. And and that's why you were saying about how this division, how Felicia Spencer, she has one more win, she could fight Amanda Nunes for this title. How bland is that? Off? And, and no offence to Leah because she's, she's just shown she's got heart. But she's also just shown she's lost a lot of brain cells for, for taking so much damage. And that's and that's not saying like bad things towards her. The UFC look for the best of the best. But at this point, with how how they're not promoting the women's division or, or looking for the women's division so well, it's just more of how many likes can you get on Instagram or Facebook? Are you, are you decent at basically throwing a punch? Right, we'll sign you. And it don't work out. Look at how many times they've, they've done that with fighters and it don't work out. Go out there and find female mixed martial artists who are serious about it. I can name ten who are from North East Lancashire alone from different gyms, from Manchester Predators to Reps MMA, from from Black Knights to to Combat uh, Academy 
training facility in um, I think that's now in 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 Bakeup. So th there's a lot of gyms around here with a lot of female talent, and there is a hell of a lot more in the UK alone. But uh, uh, not just to say America. Oh look how big America is. There is a shitload of talent in there, and the PFL and Bellator and all that don't have a problem, and don't seem to have a problem with picking it up. Well, you say that uh, Cyborg fought yesterday. Um, she knocked out Sinead Kavanaugh in the first round, and who was sat octagon side? Let me guess, Kay Kayla Harrison. Well, she. I think the UFC have missed a bullet there because I think she was also. Correct me if I'm wrong, I think there were reports of her actually at the UFC event and PFL, mm -hmm. she's only, I think she may have only had one fighter contract no, or she's, she's got no, no. fight, she's, she's a free no agent. Fight, she's a free agent. So if UFC have missed a bullet or told her probably straight up, no, we're not signing you, well, Bellator, um, well, they'll be stupid not to. Cyborg mentioned her in a, in a post fight. Uh, Cyborg, first of all, called out Kat Zangano. She, uh, she uh, wants to face her next. Uh, but she also said, uh, Kayla, um, thanks to come, uh, for coming to the fights. I really appreciate you being here. Uh, I hope to fight you one day. It's going to be a great fight. Uh, but uh, uh, Ali Abdelaziz will have to talk to all the proportions to make this happen. Um, it's, li it's more than likely now that she's done that that she will end up signing for UFC. Um, but you are right that there's so much... Um, featherweight talent out there. I mean, yeah, we all know that Cyborg was absolutely destroyed by Amanda Nunez. Um, but there, there's still so much featherweight female talent out there that, yeah, we we could really do with seeing an influx of new new fighters in this division um, coming from some of these smaller promotions. And even raiding Bellator, because Bellator's uh, yeah. featherweight division is, is pretty and stacked. And not, and not only even that, it's... It's not even about just taking fighters who you think or you know that's going to beat Amanda Nunez. It's just as well taking fighters who you think is going to give her a challenge. Because not only if, if they do give her a challenge or look like they're going to give her a challenge, you know they're going to be good gatekeepers for other female fighters to come through and test their skill and get better. And look at all the male other divisions. We have that so many times. And the reason why it's not common or it's not weird is the fact is that it's it's been there for so long. There is... Uh, they could be 60 to 70 fighters in, in one male division in the mm. UFC yeah. and then that's why they can put on fights every week in them sort of divisions and have top names and have five to six people who are top names who are proper sellers who are, who are stars in that in that uh, division and there's a reason why there's only Amanda Nunes Rose Namanunes and Valentina Shevchenko who are the only stars Holly Holm's been faded out Misha Tate's been faded out um yeah, Johanna Njecek has been faded out. Yeah, fair enough. They might still be big names on social media, but in mixed martial arts, they they gone now. They they they're not there. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it's just the, the all they are now is a name value. I think the the issue is that at the top of pretty much every women's division in the UFC, there is one huge star, and the rest are scrambling to be second place. Well, that's it, but as well, they don't stick around long enough and they don't sign new people long enough to where they can actually start bringing in more fights and actually having more challenges because the only thing they do is they stick with, a, with, a, with, the, same, with the same eight people who are top names and go, right, we're going to keep you and then we're just going to... Just recycle you over and over again. Yeah, and then what we're going to do is every now and again we're going to sign one female fighter and give her a one-fight contract or maybe a two if you're feeling lucky and then we'll put her up against one of you, and then when you beat her, we'll put you up against a Nunes again. 
And then when you, she beats you, we'll do the same thing. Over and over. Yeah, and it, it's, a, repeat. it's a boring, boring cycle. Yeah. So that's why, in my opinion, when I was saying it on uh, on one of the, the mixed martial arts group, uh, on the mixed martial arts group chat things that I'm in, and people were saying you're wrong, that's that's the reason why I was saying it. Not because Felicia Spencer's shit or Leah's shit, that's not the case. They're, both, they're in the UFC for a reason. But when it comes to actually the the behind the scenes of what this fight means, it means fuck all. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code ChairShot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code ChairShot. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Um, so let's get into the core main event. Um, walk that long. Um, <laughs> Marcos Ruggiero de Lima taking on Big Ben Rothwell. Um, Rothwell started pretty brightly, lands an early jab. 
um, then takes a couple of uh, low kicks. One of them kind of wobbles him a little bit, which makes him walk into uh, a big right hand, uh, which stumbles him. He goes up against the, the cage. Um, Ruggiero uh, just absolutely just lets loose with massive, massive shots. Uh, we see Rothwell's legs buckle. Um, Herb Dean um, steps in. Uh, he puts his arms around um, um, Ruggiero. Um, and now I've seen he's got a lot of grief on um, on Twitter and in and from a, a lot of MMA journalists saying that he didn't commit enough to uh, to the stoppage. But the the fact is that he he tried to, he tried to pull away um, Ruggiero. Ruggiero acknowledged that the fight was over. But Ben Rothwell had his head tucked in uh, Ruggiero, under Ruggiero's arm and was trying to wrestle Ruggiero. So. Someone like Herb Dean trying to stop two uh, fighters who, who were tipping the scales at £265 each. He has to just let that fight go to the ground because otherwise he's getting involved in a, a scuffle. So he's in a no-win situation. The fact is that um, uh, Marcos uh, acknowledged that the fight was over. So as soon as the, the, the fight went to ground, he let go of everything. Uh, then that gave um, Herb the, the chance to, to fully inform Ben that the fight was over. Um, so I think the, uh, Herb's getting a lot of grief for, for no reason, but what a victory for Marcos Ruggiero de Lima. Yeah, definitely. Now, obviously, first of all, on that, Herb Dean is one of the best referees in mixed martial arts. One of. I'm not saying is. One of. Still you, but you can still Mark make... Mark Goddard right now. Yeah, definitely. Mark Goddard all the way. He has been that for, for absolutely donkeys now. Uh, but yeah, uh, Herb Dean, one of the best. Does he make mistakes? Yeah, he's still human. How many times does he make mistakes? Rarely. That's why he's still one of the best in the UFC. One of the biggest stages of, uh, of them all. In this fight, like you were saying, he's not going to get in the way of uh, of guys who, who, who top the scale at £230 plus. No. Well, they were both 265 Well, 265 There you go. He's not going to get in the way of that. And I wouldn't either. He knew, as well as Marcus knew, that... If you've, when you know as a fighter that like you've hurt your, your opponent, especially when you're in such a dominant position like that in the first place. So Marcus knew that he hurt him and Marcus knew that he was safe. Herb Dean, from watching that, he was right the best seat in the house at the mm -hmm. side of him. He knew at that point Marcus was safe because Ben was hurt and he knew he knew if Marcus carried on, he were going to knock him out. Marcus, Herb was about to jump in and stop it because he was cracking him. But Ben Rothwell was still committed to that takedown and was still getting it. Now, you're not going to stop a fighter who's been hit so many times, who's, a, who's concussed, who's going in for a takedown, because odds are his ears are ringing like fuck, so he can't listen to you, he can't even hear you. He's just fighting off a, a basically uh, fucking autopilot mode. Yeah. So he's just going in for the takedown. Mark Goddard knew that he wasn't... In, in that Marcus was not going to be put in any danger. Marcus, only thing that Marcus needed to do is do exactly what he needed to do and just sprawl his hips back. But exactly what he did whilst he was looking at Herb Dean. Mm -hmm. So the, uh, all that situation played out perfectly. Couldn't, that was the most professional way of stopping of that thing. Now, if uh, what would it have been like if if Ben Rothwell was not all there? Herb Dean jumps in. And then before you know it, you've got fucking Ben Rothwell who actually yes, gets uh, in, who yeah, yeah. gets him in a single leg, well, picks him up and slams him. We've seen that before, yeah. where fires have been uh, basically uh, all there, but the lights are on, but nobody's home, and they've they've actually tried to tackle referees. Yeah, because it's just instinct. It's just uh, 
working off uh, adrenaline. Exactly. And if he was to get Herb Dean, and and, and I'm not, people might say, oh, that'll never happen, but you never know. We've but, seen it. So. Yeah. Exactly. Like it, it's only a matter of time. If he was a two hundred and sixty-five pound man to get him with a single leg, put him down, and then as he's going down, land an overhand, and then drop it whilst he do it. Like a, it's a common thing that people actually get taught in mixed martial arts. Alan's taught it us plenty of times. So has Rob. He's taught it us plenty of times to follow in with the strike whilst on the take and going down. It's just the fact is how much force you're going to get behind the the basically the cushion at the back of the head of when it's going to hit it. It's it's, it's just simple sense. So yeah, that were a, a perfect thing to do. Now on the matter of Ben Rothwell, Jesus Christ, man. If you're not a mixed martial arts fan and you don't like Ben Rothwell, then fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. No, I'm only joking. It, it, the guy's an absolute legend. He's been in the UFC for such a long time now. His record as it stands now is 39 wins and 14 losses. That's a guy who has been around and fought everybody but yet his, his UFC record is 9 and 8 and this is what I was just about to say even though he's been around a hell of a long time he's accomplished a handful of things and the poor thing is I can't remember or bring up what them handful of things are and for how much of a legend he is for fighting the who's and who's and when and when where and, and at any time he's just not he has, he's never been the best fighter, never been the best mixed martial artist, and he's never been able to beat the, the, the top five or the top three. And that's the, the sad thing about the Ben Rothwell. And uh, As a lot of people m might not understand, but it's, he's still a human. He's, as I said to my wife earlier when she was like, oh my God, you didn't try anything. He, ben Rothwell is an old in my eyes now. He's an old man now. He's been around and fought everybody. He's been in that many fights now Surely to God, his body has started to de deteriorate faster than a normal human's would. It's, a serious, it's as simple as that. You can't take the punishment he's had and fight as many times as he's had. Not only fight as many times as he's had, but being in training camps, being in sparring, being in physical training, lifting weights, running, getting beat up and, and beating people up and all that cardiovascular training. It takes a toll on your body. And like Max Holloway, he put a statement out a couple of months ago saying... He never lost. He just ran out of time, and that's a that is true in, in a lot of fighters. Where Ben Rothwell, he just he, he ran out of time. He fought that much where he ran out of time. His body didn't have the time to where he, his mind could basically sink in, and he could get that perfect fight IQ to fighter output. He's always been one of these where I'm gonna try and throw my biggest punch at you, and if it don't land, shit. But if it does, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna fucking regret it. There's but no plan B. It, there's, yeah, there's no plan B, and obviously, he's, I guarantee he's still strong as hell when it comes to speed, agility, reactions. All that shit starts to go when you get older. It starts to slow down dramatically. And the 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 more and more you get knocked out the more and more likely he is he's going to get knocked out of your next fight. Exactly. And in this fight, he couldn't, he didn't have the agility to move. His head movement, well, his head movement has never really been there in the first place. Ben Rothwell has always done this weird dancing about bobbing his head back and forth. He's never really head movement. He's just drunk dancing. Just where <laughs> you see Tarsa Fury at boxing ring taking piss about his opponents. That's what Ben Rothwell does. Um, but yeah, I think, in my opinion, Ben Rothwell is going to make a great coach one day, but I don't want to see him fight again. Just no, because no. he didn't see this coming, he, he couldn't, 
He didn't have nothing in the bag. He couldn't... He, he, after when he got hit, he knew that were it. He tried yeah. to cover yeah. up as best as he could, but he tried to move his head as best he could, but them punches were coming thick and fast, and it only were a matter of time, and it took 20 seconds for him to lose his bearings. And yeah, and you've got to give it props to, to Marcus. It was a great setup with those those uh, chopping leg kicks, uh, and then once he knew, he, once he saw that he'd wobbled Ben to follow up with that right hand, which... which it's always the punch that you don't see coming that does the most damage and that's exactly what that did and it, uh, it forced Ben up against the, the fence and you could see him stumbling and, and like a, a shark with blood in the water the uh, Lima pounced and, and got the victory definitely did and well deserved yeah well deserved um, so after that we're going to the main event I'm going to I'm going to let Carlos go through this because I, I think he'll have a, a lot to say about it but essentially uh, yeah Rodriguez uh, I, I can never understand the UFC rankings because this guy's been out of the game for two years uh, due to injuries I've missed him I think he's one of the most dynamic fighters that UFC have got but I can't understand how he's ranked number three in the in the lightweight division when he hasn't fought since 2019. Going up against Max Holloway, who uh, who has struggled uh, to to be, be that fighter he was before he met Alex uh, Volkanovski. Had a great fight against uh, Calvin Qatar, uh, but he's really trying to push either for those. Uh, big name fights or to push for that uh, that uh, return to championship fights. Um, but Carlos, yeah, talk us through this one. Oh, we. If you're not a fan of mixed martial arts, go watch this fight. And if you watch Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler, then wow. Same as I, me and Mags, we were all in for a treat. That is honestly a present and a gift from UFC. Two fights like that in the space of like what 14 days is. It's just fucking brilliant. Weeks? Well, not a week. It was literally last week yeah. we got a channel and get you. So uh, a week. Did UFC for for all the the shit that we give them? They have been delivering with these events, and especially with the early ones as well. We can't thank them enough. Everyone in the everyone in England fucking loves UFC right now. Honestly, my my Facebook, my Twitter, and that especially with everyone who don't really usually comment on UFC because it's it's on at a stupid time. If, if the all of Burnley loves UFC. Everyone's a fan now, just because he's been on for a month at times where it's been appropriate for everyone to stay up. Everyone's just jumped on it, and to be honest, it, a couple of months ago I would have been like, ah, oh, fuck off. Everyone's doing me, and you don't know shit now because obviously with COVID knocked in and people not not speaking about it as much. I've I've fucking loved it, but this fight was was everything that they basically built it up to be and as they sold it for it was non-stop action Yara Rodriguez being out for two years and, and coming back and fighting if not the blessed it's only Max Holloway the best and he he absolutely went in there and he, he put on a performance the thing that let him down is he for some reason he just lost confidence in them leg kicks and them leg kicks yeah. was working you could see it were working but Max Holloway is, is, is such an agility fighter where he can just absorb shots and just keep moving even though he knows they're hurting you know they're hurting he'll never show it and he'll ne he'll always in his, he'll, and, and all, whilst fighting you he'll always try and have that mental fight of himself of keeping that pain away and he's one of the fighters or if not one of the best fighters that is very good at doing that he can take punishment, absorb it and still move forward and Yara Riga somewhat started to lose confidence in the first round Max Holloway is, is somewhat, he's, he's never slow, he, he still throws the strikes but he always likes to 
see what his opponent's going to bring, see what he see what he he needs to do, what what his output needs to be, what his distance needs to be at, what sort of fighting style he can get away with. Yao Rodriguez didn't give him any chance in that, even though Max Holloway, in my opinion, dominated this fight. Yao Rodriguez is one of them fighters that is is so unique, where he'll throw strikes from anywhere, and he were able to hit Max with some strikes that. People have found it even hard just to jab him with. And mm -hmm. um, he, he were hitting him clean, and Max was just walking through him. Uh, the, the first round, Max with, with a boxing, with the jabs, and Yo Rodriguez being from the uh, the basically the the boxing world, Mexico, he came in there, and his boxing was fucking short. The, the jabs was on point. The hooks were scary. This is the only fight, I, on a, hands down, the only fight I have been worried for Max Oliver when he was getting hit by some of them shots. I am like, I were holding my head like, this is the only fight I'm worried that Max could possibly get knocked out. And Yara Rodriguez, he, he was just absolutely on he were on point with the way he was fighting and then mixing the boxing up because you can tell Max was getting comfortable with Yara Rodriguez kicking him in the leg and he weren't checking him. Yara Rodriguez were bringing that kick up to the body, bringing it up to the head. The perfect way of getting someone to feel comfortable, chop at the legs, then bring it up high. And he was landing it and he, he stopped. He just totally abandoned his game plan. And Max Holloway, at that point, when it comes into round two, just somewhat starts to take over the fight. And he's just he's leading the dance from at that point. Even though, again, even though Yar Rodriguez is being able to throw these uh, spinning uh, spinning kicks, the spinning heel kick that he threw in the second round was inches off hitting Max. Yeah. And you, you could tell Max, you could see Max's hair just go, Oof. <laughs> thank God for that. But yeah, that was it was absolutely phenomenal. If he hit Max with that, that would have definitely yeah, put him to sleep. Out. That would have been out. That would have been a fart and uh, um, oh yeah, in the first round as well. Going in the last five seconds, I saw uh, Max Holloway. The position he were in, he could have got a reverse banana split there. Obviously, as you you said yourself, only five seconds that he wouldn't really been able to do much. But I, I was thinking more of the damage what he'd been able, even though it's horrible to say and a bit vague. I, I think that that's an, another big point that needs bringing up. We we know Max has been someone who is amazing on the feet with uh, with his boxing. I, he argues he's the best boxer in the UFC and who are we to doubt him? But he proved in this fight he's got he's got ground game as well. He's, he ended the, f the first three rounds on top, on the floor. He was uh, very controlling with uh, with the ground game, uh, wrapping Yaya Rodriguez up in, in all different kinds of positions, able to go from uh, full mount to high mount to uh, on the back, not really getting into the point where he was close to submissions because uh, Rodriguez was, uh, his um, submission defense was on point, but the control was there from Max. Yeah, definitely, Max was, a He's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and his wrestling has always been there. He's very good friends with, with DC, who's given him a hell of a lot of tips along the way. And not only that, the guy's been around mixed martial arts ever since he was like 14. And when you come into mixed martial arts, the, in my opinion, the way I've, I've, I've known a lot of people, they get comfortable in with the grappling first because the way to build your confidence up, you don't want to just go into, right, I'm going to just go learn Muay Thai and then next week I'm going to go do some sparring. 
because you get your arse kicked and you soon learn when there's a lot of people out there who do that and you were quite good you you start to think oh fuck is this actually the right path for me so a lot of people take up grappling whether that be wrestling or brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, and max has always had that game when they brought it up he hasn't had a submission finish since 2015 uh, on the group, on one of the group chats, it started loading up. Yeah, that's because Max is shit. He's got no Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He can't finish. And it's like he's never. Yeah, well, not only not only did he prove that he has, it's always been. He, he didn't really have nothing to prove in the first place because it's always been there. But the fact is, in his last five or six bouts since 2015, he's never had to use it. When you tell me one one in his last fight, when is Max Holloway been been boring? When it's been a stand-up fight, it's been boring. It's been non-stop for 25 minutes. He's never had to use his uh, since 2015. All they ever had to use is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for submission attempts because he'd prefer trying to punch you in the head a thousand times. You're talking about a guy who, who consistently breaks his own and the UFC record for amount of significant strikes in a fight. And even in this fight, when it was probably his most quiet in terms of output but that's because he used so much more of his ground game uh, and he still yeah, were able to throw over yeah, 200 strikes way over way over 200 so that that just shows how rounded of a fighter this this guy absolutely is and and that's not to take away from uh, rodriguez for someone who was out for two years he gave max all that he could take um like like carl said there were points where you genuinely thought that Max was in trouble, and uh, the, the fifth round when he's uh, when uh, Rodriguez's uh, team said, "Go for Brock." You did what he needed. Go and do something, uh, and you had that contrast of Max's team saying, "You need to stick to rigidly to this game plan because it's working." Uh, and you, there were points in that fifth round where Rodriguez had the chance to to, to finish. Um, he, he he landed some huge shots. Um, and any other fighter than Max Holloway could have been put out by those shots. But we're talking about arguably one of the greatest fighters that's ever been in Octagon with, with, with uh, Blessed. And yeah, it was just an amazing fight. Straight you know, The week after we watched uh, Gatechair versus Chandler put on a massive, massive performance, these two guys have hold my beers and, and arguably had fight, fight of the year. Yeah, definitely. He's definitely a, a contender up there for one of the handfuls this year. But, yeah, when it, when it comes to this, I have not seen anyone uh, do my sports and exercise science course. I've been able to, luckily enough, learn a hell of a lot about the human body and how, how when stuff goes wrong, what are the circumstances, the hematomas, the swelling, what it looks like. And... I can, I can say, I don't even need to, we can wait and it comes out and I guarantee it, Max Holloway's got a broken rib. I have not seen a fighter break his ribs and that well on the side when it comes down to the false ribs and, and when it's coming down to the, the, your, your six and your seven set of ribs, that were broke. Max's ribs were broke. It's simply that that's what the the hematoma on that side is a result of a broken rib. Mm -hmm. it, that it, you can tell that, and you can tell it were broke just from the end of the fight of how hard the Yara Riggles are throwing his kicks because Michael Bisping was the perfect part. Because if we look down. That's disgusting. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> about your Rodriguez has thought that was absolutely a fucking I, massive balloon. I spotted that um, in the after the second round, uh, the the camera focused on Max, uh, and he was he was limping, visibly limping back to uh, his corner, and that's because for two rounds his legs were being chopped to bits. But it focused on uh, Yair Rodriguez's foot, and you could tell his his toes were broke. 
uh, his metatarsals were all broke, his foot was swollen. So maybe that's why he, uh, he kind of like, held back on those leg kicks again because Max wasn't checking him, so he was hitting them full force. Um, maybe he was like, it's not hurting this motherfucker. What am I breaking my foot for for this? Yeah, I'll hold off. Well, that's it. And Max is like a, again, he's one of the fighters that can just absorb punishment and keep walking forward and not show you that it's hurting. Because other fighters, they and they, well, I, I say that his hand was down here a lot to cover that body, but Yara Rodriguez wasn't able to just capitalise and do anything to him, and that's what makes that's what makes Max so good at what he does. It he's able to just control the fight and get it turned around the way he wants it to go even though he, he's going up against a guy who we not long just saw zombie uh, we not long a couple of years ago so he knocked zombie out mm -hmm. uh, with a, a an elbow there were plenty of times where he had max in trouble but max came back and well the best is blessed and on to the next yeah so that's it for for this week next week we have a Another Apex um, event, UFC Fana, headlined by Ketlin Vieira and Misha Tate, and then co-headline of Michael Chiesa taking on the unbeaten Sean Brady. Uh, another relatively early one for us, I think it's a midnight star here in the UK. Um, so yeah, um, listen to next week for that, but uh, uh, that's pretty much all from us here at Five Rounds. Uh, make sure you go and check out uh, the rest of the content on the amazing networks we're part of. Um, that's the, the chair shot, that's Radio Techers, and that's also Business Global Media. But uh, go and follow me on social media at Podfather Mags. Follow Carlos here at Kirby underscore Carlos. Uh, thank you all for listening, and that is the end. Adios, amigos. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.